Next on BYU Sports Nation, they're not in Kansas anymore. Cougar basketball back in Utah after another tough loss to a ranked opponent and staring down another undefeated opponent. BYU TV analyst David Nixon joins us live to review and then preview BYU's next big game in the holiday hoop season, plus a look ahead to the regular season football finale in Reno. Also, we play a special Thanksgiving edition of Big Deal, No Deal, getting ready for Super Saturday, and which BYU athlete set a new career high last night? Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is up Wednesday, November 27th? It feels like a Friday. Holiday hoops upon us, holiday season upon us. I'm Spencer Linton alongside the man who draws an elegant hand turkey, Jerem Jordan. Wherever wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for fitting us into your day. We are 63 shows into BYU Sports Nation, and in the spirit of Thanksgiving, we would like to offer our sincere appreciation to all of you across BYU Sports Nation. Rise and shout, my friends. (laughs) You deserve it. (laughs) Okay, now give them a real rise and shout. The turkey's sweet, too. Yeah, okay. (laughs) I need another pick-me-up. The gobble was good, but after a tough loss, Aaron Evans, our engineer, thankful for you, dude. Cue up some NBA Jam music, will you? Yeah. NCAA tournament filled to uh, the BYU-Wichita State game last night. Never easy to let an opportunity slip away. Wait, hold on. I'm picking the Atlanta Hawks with Dominique Wilkins and Kevin Willis (laughs) and the, uh, let's go Portland Trailblazers with Clyde Drexler and Buck Williams. (laughs) I, I I love the uh, Ron Burgundy flute. I was not music. ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. The opportunity slips away, but not much time for the Cougs to think about it. With an in-state showdown approaching on Saturday, part of a Super Saturday that will feature BYU TV's signature pre- and post-game football shows as we get you set for the regular season finale in the biggest little city in America, Reno, Nevada. In, uh, Reno, Reno, Nevada. Nevada. Better than Nevada. That's true. It is. Gonzaga. And with uh, football on the mind, today's an interesting scenario for pigskin fans, Jerem. Yeah, it's the only day between October 30th and December 2nd without football on TV. No! What are we to do? That's okay, because you have the fast. We have the Wednesday fast of football before the, th- the Thanksgiving there feast go. Boom. of football. Boom goes dynamite. Uh, by the way, today's poll question. What's the best part of Thanksgiving? Is it family, food, or football? Or other Vote on BYUTVSports.com, weigh in on Twitter, tweet at BYUSportsNation for a chance to get your tweets on the show. And then don't forget that Facebook, lose the, just call it Facebook. Comment on <laughs> and like our Facebook page uh, on the internet. Hey, thanks, Justin Timberlake, playing yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sean, whatever his name is, from Napster, right? I Now you got me thinking of the Italian job where that the guy's like, yeah, I was at Harvard. I'm called, call me the Napster. The, Na- the Napster. If you're new to the program, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation every weekday, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on BYURadio.org. The BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. Our show, on demand every day. On a very sharp and newly launched BYURadio.org, you can catch a rebroadcast each weekday starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, again, on BYU Radio. Rise and shout, sports friends! (laughs) (laughs) It's time for What's Trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Oh, an early tournament test. Bounce pass underneath, and Bartley scores. Easy dump down pass. They didn't even have to look for the second option. Frank Bartley brought his game. Again, the true freshman. That was Mark Neely and Sean Farnham on the call for ESPN2 last night, BYU and Wichita State. The Cougars got out to an early 13-point lead. And, and then, then lost by 13, 75-62. dwindle away. And what's frustrating about that final score is if somebody's – just looking at the box score, they have no idea what actually went on in that game. And that that could be potentially detrimental for BYU for anybody that does have a credible say or a vote uh, across BYU, across the nation in college basketball because they think, oh, yeah, 12th-ranked Wichita State, they handled BYU by 13, which it really wasn't the case. The Shockers were in trouble for a while. Yeah, it was a close game until the end. And BYU, there's a flagrant two, there's a technical foul you know, on it. Nate Austin's uh, play, and then Dave Rose gets a technical. So it, it was very frustrating for BYU at the end there. In fact, 
If you look at it, uh, let's see, with 252 to go, it was 64-61. And, and BYU, BYU, had BYU the scores ball. one more point. Uh, BYU scored one point in the last 251 of the game. Ooh. No field goals over the last eight-plus minutes. Ugh. Six field goals total in the second half. Uh, this was a game that BYU could have won. Uh, Iowa State was disappointing because that was closer. That was you know right there. It's at home. That helps you a little bit. But this game against Wichita State, it's essentially a road game. They traveled several thousand fans a three-hour distance away. Uh, and and come up short. BYU did not shoot the ball well. These are not winning numbers, as Gregor Bell said on BYU Radio last night. 31% uh, from the field. Uh, not awesome. 20% in the second half. Yeah, 6 of 30. BYU normally is a, shares the ball effectively. 7 assists on 18 field goals. Not awesome. 25% from 3, including 0 for 10 in the second half. Inconsistent 3-point shooting does not help. We'll address that later in the show. But this was a winnable game, and BYU didn't get it. It really felt like, and we said this earlier, it, it felt like an NCAA tournament game. Jeremy, you mentioned the 5-12 game. This was like a 5-12 game in the first round to me. You know, 5-12 game, 6-11. BYU being the 12, yeah. You know, BYU having an opportunity to knock off a, a really good team. And uh, I don't care if you're playing Kennesaw State or Middle Tennessee State or whoever. If you don't score a field goal over the last eight minutes, you're going to have a tough time closing out opponents. The shots just didn't fall. People want to say... Oh, the refs were terrible. They missed so many calls. Tyler has to draw in contact. Yeah, I get it. There was some. There was some missed calls. There were some missed calls. Or BYU was tired. The fatigue factor. Look, which state had the same issue? They played the night before too. The shots just didn't fall, and they will fall, like they did against Texas. They will fall. Sometimes they don't. Unfortunately, it happened against Wichita State. You go ice cold. Some of that you most certainly have to credit uh, the twelfth ranked Shockers with. Very, very astute, uh, stout, astute, astute defense. I don't know. I'm looking for Astutable. Astutable defense. But, but really, their defense is good. That's a good program, a disciplined program, and they hit clutch shots down the stretch when BYU didn't. Wichita State shot the ball very poorly, but they made buckets down the stretch, and BYU couldn't answer. Uncle Drew did not show up for BYU. He did not get buckets, whoever he is. Matt Carlino had uh, 18 points in the first half and then three in the second. Tyler Haas goes three for 15 in the game. He made 11 free throws, which to his credit, he was struggling from the field. So he attacked the rim, forced uh, forced free throw attempts, which he made every single one, 11 of 11. But in this game, uh, there's st- despite the fact that BYU struggled in this game, 62 points is not a game BYU ever wants to play. BYU wants to get into the 80-plus. BYU's down six. Late in the game, Matt Carlino misses a three. BYU's down that could have cut it to three. BYU's down six, uh, and then they're going to play out the shot clock. Right, a three pointer goes up, and that's when Nate Austin flagrant twos Ron Baker. At that point, that's a missed shot at BYU. He gets the rebound, gets a two or three. It's still a, a game. three or four. It's still a game. But at that point, once Austin, uh, which. A, it was unintentional, according to Austin, and he found Ron Baker in the halls after the game and apologized, but for some reason swung his elbow. When you box out, I'm not sure why you can't just look over and then get your elbows up into the space that you own as a defensive rebounder, and why he had to swing right into the chops of Ron Baker, I'm not sure, but it was an accident, and that, that was the end of the game. The game was over right then and there, 45 seconds ago. It might have been over a little earlier, but BYU still had a shot at that point, despite how poorly they had played. They had plenty of opportunity. I re- I'm remembering a three-pointer. Tyler Haas got probably the best look he had all game on a cross-court pass. BYU's down three. If he knocks that down, they're tied late, under five minutes to go. Just couldn't connect. Those shots will fall. They didn't last night. And I really believe that's what it comes down to. Whether you want to call it fatigue or you know they just didn't have it. Whatever the reason, shots didn't go down, and I think they will when BYU moves forward. Now, I want to spin this positively. The one, the one player that I really, really feel good about, uh, and and him coming off the bench is Frank Bartley. He's I, the only he, guy he's doing ta- anything. He's off taken the bench over right now. the six man role. BYU scored 19 bench points in the two games in Kansas City. Bartley responsible for 18 of those. The other came from Skylar Halford on a free throw. Yep. So Frank Bartley has filled in that sixth-man role very nicely as a true freshman. And, uh, you know, it's a bright future. BYU, not a lot of time to dwell on this loss because 
They got to keep it rolling. A huge game coming up on Super Saturday. Topic two. Okay, time to study for the final. Carlito, a three, got it. 11 early for Carlito. You allow him to set his feet. He's pretty automatic. Mark Neely and Sean Farnham once again on the call. Wichita State BYU last night on ESPN2. And Carlino had an incredible first half. Tell you what, when Maddie Basketball or Maddie Hoops, whatever you want to call him, gets going, this BYU basketball team can be awfully dangerous because he opens up a lot of things for other good basketball players around him. Carlino's going to be crucial for this BYU team moving forward. When you look at games on Saturday against Utah State on a neutral court Energy Solutions Arena and then UMass, ranked 24th, that game will be played in a de facto road state in Springfield, Massachusetts. So, Jerem, while these t- these losses are tough, the Cougars still have a lot of really tough basketball to play before league play begins. I tweeted this out last night, that something to this degree of, I would rather play tough non-conference games where you're tested, you learn, and you grow, then play cupcakes and go undefeated. Whether that's a specific reference to a specific team is up to you. But I'm talking about BYU getting battle-tested and prepared for the end of the season when those games matter the most. You want to win those games. Trust me. You want to beat Wichita State and Iowa State, be 7-0, and be ranked. But it didn't happen. But the good thing is BYU has, like you said, five more, make it four more meaningful non-conference games. Six non-conference games left. But listen to these four. Utah State Saturday. UMass, like you talked about, next week. The week after that, Utah. Utah is undefeated. They haven't played anybody, but it's Utah. That's, that was a tough game last year for BYU. That's on the road. At Oregon, who's ranked, as you mentioned. And then the next week, BYU starts WCC play. You only have so many opportunities to have meaningful non-conference games. The WCC hopefully will be a top 10 basketball conference, but BYU's RPI coming out of non-conference will be higher than it is coming out of uh, conference play because of the strength of that schedule. This is the best non-conference schedule BYU's played in a long time. So, take advantage. BYU already has good wins against Weber State and Stanford. Now go get a win against Utah State. And and then if you can beat Massachusetts and Oregon, you're in a good position. You're in an at-large position if you should finish second or even maybe third in the WCC. Everybody wants to learn through winning. Well, guess what? It's not always going to work out that way. The Cougars had some weaknesses exposed last night. The coaches will address those. These games can help a young team immensely. How do you learn? What do you learn from the losses, and how do you implement those changes and get better moving forward? We're going to find out, and it gets a very entertaining schedule. I am really looking forward to the approaching games for BYU basketball because you look at Iowa State and you look at Wichita State and say, okay, you fell, you fell short there. Show me how you got better through those games against these really good teams. And when you look at what's coming up for BYU, you only a lot of these are away from from Provo. You only play two games, two home games between now and January fourth in the Marriott Center. North Texas and who else? Prairie View A and M. That's right. So you're going to have to do it on the road, and that's more meaningful. But that's what these early tournament games are for. That's what well, why you go play Stanford in the tip off marathon. That's why you go play in the college basketball experience. So big games, especially Saturday. Utah State was hamstrung last year with some injuries. They only had seven or eight guys on the bench. This is different. The Herd is going to show up at Energy Solutions Arena. Will The Rock show up? I think they will on Saturday. So it's a big game. It's a huge game. And it's live on BYU TV. It's probably our biggest men's basketball game of the year. So make sure you catch that one. BYU still has some work to do. And uh, young and exciting, no seniors. By the way. Remember how Rick Barnes of Texas referenced BYU being those old guys, oh, those older players. Yeah, you know, you know what Greg Marshall said last night at Wichita State. Oh, they're they're pretty good for being how young they are. It's like <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Oh, I'm so glad he said that. That just was Rick Barnes listening. I hope so. I hope somewhere he hears, he gets that feedback through Twitter or social media, something. He he was busy trying to figure out how the old guys beat his team. (laughs) Hey, you're welcome to send your players on a two-year mission and hold their scholarships, too. Hey, it goes for any university across the country. I'm telling you, Tyler Haas got so much better when he was playing (laughs) maybe half-court basketball in the Philippines against dudes that were five foot. They have a maturity level that they develop, Jerem, that gives them a competitive advantage. Hey, guess what? 
you're all invited to go and do the same thing. You're all <laughs> invited. Don't go lift weights and come back. Uh, so a couple of things I want to see BYU do against Utah State. One, win the hustle plays. They did not do that last night against Wichita State. A lot of loose balls went to the Shockers. 17 second chance points. That was a killer for BYU. More aggressive on the boards. More aggressive in those hustle plays. And I think that BYU, a Dave Rose team, that's uncharacteristic that they don't at least win half of those those loose ball battles and things. So I, I didn't think that that was uh, really an indicator of, of a Dave Rose basketball team. That'll get better in a hurry. And if I, you know I love stats. If you listen to the show, you know I love statistics. However, of all the statistics that exist in basketball, the number one thing, make the shots make the you shots. take. Yeah. And when you shoot 31%, you're not going to win that game. All right, time for the trifecta in What's Trending. Topic three. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Here's BYU head football coach Bronco Mendenhall on what he's thankful for this time of year. I take time to think about it quite a bit, and I'm lucky. I'm lucky to be the coach here, and I'm lucky to have the family that I have, and I'm lucky to have the kids that I have, and lucky to to get to know these players. And they give me a sense of purpose every day to try to help. There's your head football coach. He gets it. He's appreciative of it, and... Uh, I have I have a chance to talk to Bronco one on one tonight in our weekly interview to preview the Nevada BYU game and and I, I'll be very surprised if he doesn't uh, take those lines with me tonight. Uh, he's very very aware of the unique opportunity he has to be the BYU football coach and for me to start things off we're we're going to offer our thanks what we're grateful for. I tell you what, I am grateful to be in the position that I am in BYU Sports Nation on this radio show. I have people t- tell me all the time on Twitter and, uh, you know, friends, family, you realize how lucky you are, Spencer? Absolutely I do. So I am thankful to all of you across BYU Sports Nation who have embraced me and welcomed me into the family. It is fantastic to be here. And I offer that in all sincerity. Uh, there's some other things we're grateful for. Uh, maybe tongue-in-cheek, but uh, that first and foremost, I'm certainly grateful to be here and grateful to be next to the man to my right, Jerem Jordan, who, oh, by the way, was a key player in in getting me to Provo, Utah. So thank you, Jerem. Thank you for being here. This is fun. Other things uh, I've thought of that uh, I'm grateful for, Taysom Hill's legs. Yes. His legs. Wait, what? Yes. Rushing. The the, the Taysom's ability to rush this year has been fun. That's been fun to watch. A quarterback that rushed for 1,000 yards. That's fun. Other things. Personality of the BYU, some of the BYU athletes this year. I want to reference Jamal Williams' Instagram <laughs> videos. What is it? Jbo underscore man or something like that. The selfies, the dance moves. Yeah. He, we feature them every week on Countdown to Kickoff, by the way, now. Um, oh, so great. I thought we put a video on YouTube. I'll have to check. Uh, his Instagram videos are fun. The men's basketball videos. Love them or hate them. Show some personality. That's, that's fun. Uh, we want to thank you the listener, for making us part of your day, as you say every day, Spencer. This is show 63. We're just getting this thing started. It'll be simulcast on television in the coming months. So we're very excited about where this is going, and it's a jam-packed hour. We're not going to try and create anything that isn't there. It's just, it's just an hour. And so we appreciate you guys weighing in on Twitter, liking us on Facebook, all that stuff. We appreciate uh, you guys being part of this, too. Uh, something ra- random. I'm grateful for stuffing. It's like the it's like one of like three times all year I'll eat stuffing. I love stuffing. Stuff. Ing. How about how about this? Oh. Kyle Van Noy and Cody Hoffman for coming back. Yeah. I, that, this this season would can have I been I stand up for that and clap. Yes. Yep. That's what I'm doing right now. Spencer's standing up. I'm I'll standing just say up and clapping. This is radio so they don't see you. Explain it. Tell them. <laughs> Paint the picture. <laughs> so lots of lots of things to be grateful for. For me, Tyler Hawes, the one-footed shot the other night, that, that's fresh in the mind. The, the fact that he practiced that shot and hits it in horse and then goes out and, and makes it to knock off Texas, I'm grateful for the legend of Tyler Haas and for the effort uh, put out there by all BYU athletics teams. I'm also thankful for random sound clips on this radio show. What, let's see what Aaron gives us. <laughs> the, that's good. The, the that's good i can't believe my my body and my mouth produced that that wicked wicked laugh okay uh, <laughs> give me give me the turkey gobble again yeah see you know i mean <laughs> only in a radio show thankful for the college sports atmosphere oh how i love soda love the sugar water thankful for that keeps me going when i'm tired and family 
It's a Thanksgiving edition of BYU Sports Nation. Up next, BYU TV analyst David Nixon live to review. And then preview BYU's next big game in the holiday hoop season, plus a look ahead to the regular season football finale in Reno. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on B to the Y to the U Radio. It is a Thanksgiving special today. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan on the Twitter machine. You can also follow the show at BYU Sports Nation. Keep it real, everybody, on pro- Twitter. A programming note tonight, the Wichita State versus BYU game will be rebroadcast on BYU TV at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. What's the best part of Thanksgiving? That is our Twitter Folgers in your cup? Oh, wait, that's today. something else. My bad. <laughs> what? Best part of your morning? The best part of waking up is not drinking coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I did not anticipate that happening at any point. Neither did I. Not in show 63, not the, in show this 1, is, not in show 638. This is one of those moments where the producer says into my ear, Stop now. <laughs> we go to Twitter. I've laughed a lot. My stomach hurts, but that's a good sign. It'll hurt tomorrow, too. At Zach Brady 7, the essential Fs, family, friends, football, food. So he listed all three plus another option, friends. Fantastic. At Laser Sheep, it is football, it is football, it is football. I get to pretend to be Taysom Hill and KVN. Can't do that at the table. <laughs> is that... I wonder if Laser Sheep is uh, mentioning... He gets to pretend to be them because he's playing in a turkey bowl. Yeah, that's what he's referencing. Okay. Are you playing in a turkey bowl tomorrow? Oh, show. Heck yeah. What time? 8 a.m. Can I come? If you if you would like to come join the uh, the church group, <laughs> my elders quorum with the priest and the elders. Yeah, I'm I'm I think I'm gonna buy some armbands and eye black tomorrow. I'm I'm going all out tomorrow. I'm that guy tomorrow. You, you have your gloves on. I got a party pump. I'm gonna I'm just gonna, I'm ready. I know we have pickup basketball mentalities like stereotypes. Are there stereotypes for turkey bowl football? Oh yeah, man. We need to have that discussion at some point. Maybe we should you ask got freaking Uncle Uncle Rico out there trying to throw the pigskin a quarter mile. <laughs> Wait, isn't that you? <laughs> that will be me. That will be me. Maybe we should ask David Nixon about football stereotypes for turkey bowls. And what a perfect time to do it as he joins BYU Sports Nation. Okay, David, first and foremost, when you're playing in a turkey bowl as a former NFL guy and former BYU football player, what stereotypical turkey bowl football guy are you? Uh, I'm the guy. I'm, I'm with Jeremy. I go all out. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, black. Guy, guys, are, guys do not want to cross the middle when I'm playing turkey bowl. I'm going to lay him out. <laughs> How does that work, David? You played in the NFL, and then you're going to play with obviously inferior competition. How do you how do you temper that? And you can't go see you can't go super hard because you played in the NFL. You know what I mean? You can't. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah, it's a cool factor. You got to lay back a little bit. You know, like the guy cut the touchdown. I'm like, oh, I didn't really care. You know? but, <laughs> but, deep, but deep down, it's tearing you apart. Yeah. Well, and then that guy's like, oh, I scored a touchdown against a NFL former player. NFL guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, so last year, I went with my brothers uh, on Thanksgiving to try to uh, go play a turkey bowl, and we couldn't find one, and I was uh, deeply depressed. So um, this year, I- I'm on a mission to find one somewhere. I'm in California with my in-law, so I-, I will drive hours to find a turkey bowl somewhere. Where where in California are you, David? Uh, we're down in the Manhattan Beach, Los Angeles area. Okay. So any listeners... Tweet at me. Let me know where the closest Manhattan Beach Turkey Bowl is. <laughs> this is BYU happen. Sports Nation. We are you calling know you they're out. They're going to help you. We are calling you out, BYU Sports Nation. Get David Nixon to a Turkey Bowl somewhere tomorrow. <laughs> Listen, you can have a former NFL player on your team. All you have to do is tweet at him. At uh, what, what's your what's your Twitter handle again? At uh, uh, d uh, d underscore nixon d underscore nixon. At D underscore Nixon. <laughs> Make it happen. Make it happen. And David, if at any point during this interview or later you, you start to get some traction, we want to know about it. We, w- we want to deliver for you, a friend you of the program. Be, you will be mentioned. You will be mentioned. Okay. Me. David, okay. Uh, you're a basketball analyst uh, now with BYU TV. What did you, uh, your thoughts and impressions from last night's uh, 13 point loss against Wichita State? Yeah, hard-fought game. I mean, it was uh, it was an entertaining game. I thought BYU really had the chance to win it, but uh, you go scoreless for the last eight and a half minutes down the down the uh, stretch there. 
it's going to be tough to, to handle any game. But uh, once again, foul troubles really played to BYU. That's something they've got to continue to get better at, especially with all of our big men. Um, they, they really struggled with foul trouble early and it continued in the second half. But uh, And then, of course, Tyler Hawes, you know, he's, he's our playmaker. He's our go-to guy. And, and I can say that, you know, when you're on a, any type of competitive team and your playmaker is absent, um, for that whole first half yesterday and then, and then some of the second half, uh, it, it, it's tough to really rally and it's tough to come out with a win. And, you know, Tyler going three for 15 with, with 17 points. Granted, his free throws did keep BYU in the game, so I uh, got to give him credit there. But um, it, it, really, it really truly is tough to, to be able to compete whenever your, your playmakers are not existing. And then Matt Carlino, second half, uh, had some shooting woes. So um, all around, you know, I was impressed to be able to hang with those type of elements, with, with their players, uh, star players kind of struggling. But, um, you know, the, it, was, it was an entertaining game. But I think there's a lot of things we can learn about this team. They're, they're once again young, and they're learning how to compete. And I think this will be uh, very valuable as they go into West Coast Conference play down the road and, and, and have these close games that they've been, been there, done that before mentality, and, and hopefully they can squeak those victories out. BYU TV analyst David Nixon joining BYU Sports Nation. David, you're a guy who's been in locker rooms after tough losses against ranked teams. How was it for you emotionally and mentally after a loss that you could kind of compare to how the BYU basketball team is feeling uh, against Wichita State? It is so tough. And I was thinking that actually, um, you know, I was thinking that last night. And at BYU, we don't get the opportunity very often to play ranked teams, both in football and basketball. It just doesn't happen. I mean, granted, basketball, you'll play your Gonzagas and your, and your St. Mary's each year. But besides that, you know, we usually don't play in the top tournaments, and we play in good ones. But you still get the opportunity like we've had this year with Iowa State and now Wichita State. And, and so, you know, when you, look, when you lose those games, you go in the locker room, and you just, want, you just hate life for the fact that you, you had those opportunities and you just weren't able to capitalize on them. And, and I think that's the most frustrating for, for, a, for a fan and for players is you realize that these, these opportunities are few and far between, and to not be able to go out there and, and pull out a win uh, is, is tough, especially when you were right there in the game. You know, I remember in football we played UCLA at UCLA, and, um, and it was one of those type of opportunities where we should have beat them. Uh, this was in uh, this was in 06, oh, I believe. Yeah, 06. I got my years mixed up. Oh, oh, no, seven. Oh, seven. Oh, seven. Oh, seven, you're right. Oh, seven. Um, and, and and we had it right there the whole time, and we just couldn't quite pull it out. And that's one of those games that, I mean, haunts you forever, you know. And, and, I, and I guarantee you, for the players, this Wichita State game, the Iowa State game, that they're going to look back and say, we should have won that, and, and you unfortunately couldn't. But um, once again, I mean, you'll see, but, but you realize you still got a lot of season left, and, and there's going to be plenty of other games to kind of make your mark. David Nixon joins BYU Sports Nation. David, the nice thing about basketball is that you have three times the games of football, and so any single loss is not as meaningful as it is in football, per se, and BYU gets more opportunities. Now, this year, the non-conference schedule is better. Uh, How do you think BYU will fare in the uh, tough non-conference games coming up with Utah State and Massachusetts and Oregon? Yeah, those are tough. You know, tough schools, obviously. You know, with Utah State being a neutral site, um, and uh, I saw a tweet this morning. It'll be interesting to see how the Utah State fans, you know, show up for that game, considering they have a football game earlier that afternoon uh, against Wyoming. But um, you know, no, no question, that's a, that's a tough one. And then and UMass. I mean, traditionally uh, they've been very strong. You know, Cal Perry used to be coached there, and uh, they had Marcus Canby and, and those likes. So um, you know, these are tough schools that that, that are that are tough environments to play in, but. Uh, you're right. I, I think if BYU can can get some of these wins, obviously it's going to bolster their RPI at the end of the year and and really help build their resume. Um, because at the, at the end of the day, whenever they, you look at the at the end of the year, they're not saying, "Well, that was a close win." And, you know, sorry, that was a close loss. You know, it, it, a win's a win and a loss is a loss. So BYU has to find ways to win these these games. You know, especially on the road. Um, so come come March time, uh, we can hopefully have a, a good seeding there. I guess hopefully just make the tournament. I mean, that, that's the first and foremost. After last year's uh, trip to the NIT, we want to make sure this year uh, we change that and obviously go to the tourney. BYU basketball 5-2 and two after a loss to Wichita State. They have Utah State on Saturday on BYU TV, a 7 p.m. Mountain Time tip from Energy Solutions Arena in Salt Lake City. David Nixon joining us on BYU Sports Nation right now. And David, we're going to turn our attention to football now. The Cougars, regular season finale against a uh, Mediocre at best Nevada team. It will be played in Reno, Nevada. 
Coming off a loss against Notre Dame, what do you want to see first and foremost from this BYU football team in the regular season finale? Well, it's been it's been the talk of, of the town, I guess you'd say. Uh, it, it's been the talk of all the, the media outlets is, is BYU's red zone scoring. And yes, it is red zone now that we are struggling there. We got to change something up, so no more, no longer blue zone, but red zone. Um, but uh, you know, when you're when you're bottom tenth nationally, that, that's something that's got to be a glaring statistic that coaches have to address. And I know that uh, oftentimes it's tough to address those in season. I mean. You, you look at a guy, he's got his playbook, he's got his red zone playbook. Um, these are plays that the, the players have now practiced for, uh, you know, 10, you know, 15 probably weeks or so, if you're including camp. Uh, so he's kind of ingrained these plays in his head, but you've got to switch something up. You've you got to start adding some plays or taking away um, and change up your playbook because what we've got now obviously isn't working. And, and I look back to my days and what and I was doing and I, I don't know if it's because the, the players he's trying to craft his red zone offense around his athlete um, obviously we don't have a Pitta or a George or a Johnny Harling down down the red zone to, to really um, try to use but you know in, in my days those were your playmakers and, and those were the guys that were going to go in there as tight ends and, and, and really you know kind of box out the defender make a catch they were going to be the ones you know help rubbing routes uh, where, where they're kind of knocking off the defensive backs and allowing their receivers to run free. Um, just get creative. And, and for right now, you know, we, we'll have a couple run plays stuffed, and then we'll throw a fade or, or we'll try to get a quick slant that goes incomplete. So the, the red zone is, is something I would love to see BYU to, to really uh, get better in this week. Um, and then just avoid any type of letdown. I, you know, it's, sometimes it's tough when you're playing a team with a losing record. Uh, there's not as much hype, especially when you're coming off a week against Notre Dame where – uh, there's a ton of national attention. So uh, it's, it's avoiding that letdown and going in and, and fishing a season strong. And I think Brock O'Meanall will have his guys ready. He, he always does. Uh, you know, mentally he, he gets to prepare to, to understand, like, this is one more opportunity to go out there and, and showcase your talents. Um, but it's fishing a season strong and, then of course, uh, preparing for a good uh, Pac-12 opponent, which will be uh, obviously an interesting bowl game. But uh, BYU's got to get better in the red zone, no, no question about it. And, and this is something that now you're towards the end of the season – this is something you really start prepping yourself for next season too, and 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 you you start installing those plays that you think will be able to be successful next year. Granted, during the offseason, once again, and I and then we'll have to do almost a complete overhaul, I think, on their on their offensive playbook and, and the red zone, and, and kind of reevaluate reevaluate themselves and see where they really can improve because uh, so far it's it's tough when Cougars get down there for some reason they they tend to stall and. Um, I think there's a lot of factors. You know, the, the field obviously is shrinks a little bit. You don't have as much room to work. Uh, so, but you've got to be creative, and, and you know we see across the country other teams have found a way to do it. So, uh, BYU they've got to come up with something. David Nixon joins BYU Sports Nation. David, part of our conversation yesterday uh, in our pre-production meeting for Countdown to Kickoff was red zone, like you talked about, and part of that discussion, which you brought up, was the lack of a tight end in this offense. There is no tight end in this offense. The the name tight end. Uh, says that, that that guy hugs the tackle, right? So now it's just a flexed receiver. One tight end has caught a touchdown pass this year, Richard Wilson against Idaho State. Um, how much has that affected BYU, and what do they do to replace that? Yeah, it's a huge stat. And, and once again, that's what, uh, you, you know, that's what I kind of mentioned just a few minutes ago, is, is, is the fact that the, the tight ends truly are non-existent. And, and typically, you, you look at the production. I went back and looked at the um, years with Pitta and George and, and one of the years, I think it was 09, Pitt actually led all receivers with touchdowns. I mean, these are your go-to guys. And in our type of BYU offense, and in eyes offense, typically, uh, the, uh, the tight ends are, are well used. And I think that's obviously where uh, BYU struggles because you know, there have been injuries. Frill's been injured. Behean has been injured. Um, you know, we've, we've had Thompson's been injured. There's been a lot of injuries. At the same time, guys have got to step up, and you know, of course, that's, that football is football. There's going to be injuries, and, and you've got to find underclassmen or whoever it be to step up and, and fill that role. But uh, you know, like I said, tight ends are an essential position for the fact that on the, when you start entering that red zone, you start creating mismatches, and all of a sudden you have, you know, where uh, the rest of the field you'll have a safety on a tight end. Um, you almost you almost treat that tight end as a receiver. Once you start getting down the red zone, uh, you've really got to kind of disperse your defense. And that, next thing you know, you have a linebacker and a tight end, which is typically a mismatch when you have an athletic tight end like BYU has in the past. And, and so there's no doubt that, that BYU's got to exploit that 
but once again, I think it's been injuries that have caused that. And so Nye's had to look to other playmakers to, to really pull through. Uh, but one of those tight ends have to, have, have to emerge and, and really make an impact because without those tight ends, I, I think you know, BYU is going to continue to struggle. And uh, as, as a fan, um, as a former player, it's hard to watch BYU get down to the red zone and just stall out. And not and not get points. It's uh it, it's it's hard because they obviously work so hard to get down there, and then and then to be able to have penalties or just broken plays um, or plays for no for no gain. I mean it's it's tough to watch. But um, tight ends is huge. And then once again the the plays that are called once you get down there, you, you've got to get some one on ones. Um, I, I think you need more rub routes. I mean tie, the, the the red zone as a as a defender. I mean, you're always very aware of the the rubber routes, the crossing routes, and getting out of the way for your fellow teammate as he's trying to trail the, the receiver, whatever it may be. Um, and so I think once you get down there, you start rubbing each other off, and, and, and you're able to, to obviously, uh, you know, score some points. So it'll be interesting. I mean, I know, I know the, co- the coaches are dumb. You know, Coach and I understands, uh, and Coach Mill understands kind of their woes there in, in, in the red zone. So, I guarantee it's something they're addressing probably as we speak, looking at film and trying to figure out a way to, to, to score more points. But, um, uh, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they answer and, and how they hopefully can, uh, you know, grab some points when they get down there. David Nixon, BYU TV analyst, joining BYU Sports Nation. David, what's it going to take for BYU to have a successful season this year? Is 9-4 and four good enough? Yes or no? Yeah. You know, if you look before the season, and I think you guys would agree, I think you know everyone said an eight and four regular season, hopefully go and win a bowl game nine and four, uh, would be a successful season. So yeah, I would say this year it is. I mean, we're we're still a very young team, um, and you throw in the injuries, and you throw in the tough schedule. I mean, playing on the road at Wisconsin at Notre Dame is, is not an easy task. So um, you know, I I obviously think a, t- a double digit win season is is how you kind of can gauge your success. Um, you know, I I was. We were fortunately had eleven and two, two eleven and two season, a ten and three season my senior year, um, and so I think that's how you get back to to being in the national spotlight, being ranked. Is once you get those double digit wins, you're pretty much guaranteed yeah. to to be ranked in the season. So I think uh, you know nine and four falls a little short of that, uh, but I think Cougar fans going in, you know, to the off season can kind of hold their head high for the fact that yeah, he's got bo- a, lot of, a lot of young talent coming back. Bowling would certainly help that scenario. David Nixon, get him to a turkey bowl in the Manhattan Beach, California area, people. <laughs> yeah, make it happen. David, thanks for the time. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Up next, big deal, no deal. Also a Super Saturday preview. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on a special Thanksgiving edition of the show. Super Saturday coming up, Jerem. It's so super. 2 p.m. Eastern, countdown to kickoff. 4 p.m. Women's basketball versus Arizona. Undefeated women's basketball, by the way. 5-0 for the first time since 2002. 6.30 p.m. Eastern, roughly. The BYU TV Sports football postgame. And then 9 p.m. Men's basketball versus Utah State. It's a huge Saturday. It's super. Gorge yourselves with Thanksgiving leftovers and watch sports. Super Saturday. What's the best part of Thanksgiving, by the way? That is our Twitter question today. Football, family, food, or something else. Let's update the poll results. Okay, let's Assu- do that. Assuming that I, <laughs> let's assuming do, that I refresh let, the page. Let's do that. What's the best part of Thanksgiving? Family, food, or football? What do you think's winning right now? I'm going to say football because this is a sports show. That is in third place. What? Oh, people have their priorities straight on BYU Sports what's, Nation. What's second? Food. Wrong. Family. Food is winning at 45%. Weigh in on BYUTVSports.com and on Twitter. Okay, at so, BYU Sports Nation. Okay. So the the priorities are okay, whatever. That's fine. That's why we ask the opinion, right? It, the, it's, the best part of Thanksgiving, food. Nap for me. It's a nap. <laughs> Is nap? Yes. <laughs> nap time after food. <laughs> uh, my, mine's not on there. It's the other F. Foosball. <laughs> totally missed it. We have one in our break room. And we played during the extended timeouts during the BYU-Notre Dame football game on Saturday, the 70. Five commercial breaks that, that were aired. They treated it like an NFL game where once the kickoff, after kickoffs, they'd take a break. It was like, oh, come on, let's go. 
Big deal, no deal, Jerem. Uh, 75-plus commercial breaks during a football game. That's a big deal. <laughs> and on that note, we like to do it every week. We're going to play our game show. It's time for what I just mentioned. Here we go. Big deal. No deal. Number one. Kyle Van Oy, zero sacks and only four tackles for loss in the last three games. I'm going to say no deal. Okay, and really, he, and here's why: Kyle Van Noy. Look, look, he still is able to affect plays without making a tackle. Did he miss some tackles in the Notre Dame game? Yes. Has he missed some big tackles and some sack opportunities? Yes. But so does every other player. Not every player is going to make every play. He's still a dynamic player. He still alters plays without making the actual tackle or the sack. Quarterback hurries. Uh, making people feel uncomfortable on the offensive line. Just he did with have his, an interception exactly. in the last three games. did have an interception. So for me, BYU no. Sports Nation breaking news. Here we go. Some breaking news just coming in. Right now, Brigham Young University and Utah State University have announced that they will sign a contract to add two additional games to the current football series, extending the series through 2018. The Cougars and Aggies signed up through 2018. Two games will be played at Utah State on September 29th, 2017. The second game at BYU on October 5th of 2018. Both games on Friday night. So the in-state rivals now scheduled to meet at Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo in 2014, 2016, and 2018. And at Romney Stadium in Logan in 2015 and 2017. Game times, obviously, and broadcast plans will be announced at a future date. How about that? Yeah, that's good. Breaking news. So if you're just joining us, BYU and Utah State uh, extend their football series by two years to 2017 and 18. Uh, that's good. I like it a lot. I like the matchup with Utah State. They've become a, a better program the last couple of years. There have been some good games with BYU. Uh, next year's game will be interesting with Chucky e. Keaton. I like it. So let me, let, let's go ahead and look now at the 2017 and 18 schedules. What BYU has in store. Did you know BYU already has nine games scheduled for 2017? They have five home games and four road already. So you add Utah State to the road schedule, which it looks like BYU, that will be BYU's first or second road game that year. Road games in 2017 now with Utah State, East Carolina, Fresno State, Hawaii. Home games. Listen to this. Utah, Cal, Boise State, Wisconsin, San Jose State. That's pretty good. Let's go to 2018. Uh, Now with the home game with uh, Utah State there. Uh, Other home games include East Carolina and Hawaii. So some good home games still needed there. By the way, Notre Dame, two home, two road, somewhere in the mix between 15 and 20. Okay, Other road games, 2018, at Boise State, at Arizona, Wisconsin, Utah. That's pretty good, and that's way out there. So Utah State added through 2018. Uh, BYU is going to play home games against Utah State in 14, 16, 18, and then road games in 15 and 17. Aggies and Cougars. And, and again, it doesn't make up for the lack of a BYU-Utah game, but it's nice to have that one in there. It, it certainly is. Right. For, for 2015, yeah. 2016, then yeah. moving forward. Obviously, Utah's added to the schedule again well, in a six, couple of years. 16, BYU has Utah. Yeah, has Utah, again. that's yeah. right. So... Utah State is a great football program, and you mentioned Chucky Keaton. The addition of him back in the lineup next year makes it a really intriguing football match because he's a playmaker. How will they be after Chucky Keaton is the question. That's that's a, a good Ooh, question. Okay. Back to big deal, no deal, right? Let's go back break, to big deal, breaking no deal. news. Can we play the opening again, Aaron? Let's play the opening again. Big yeah, deal. Okay. Let's restart it up. No deal. Number two. I never even got a chance to answer one. Doesn't matter. Okay, you can answer one. I'll allow it. No deal. All right, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, big deal. I changed my mind. Big deal. It's a big deal. That Kyle Van Noy had zero sacks and four tackles in the last three games. Okay. Let's, now we go to number two. BYU football falls in the last two showcase games. Here's my issue. BYU, it's always, what have you done for me lately? Need ye be reminded that BYU beat Texas 40-21. to 21. That is a showcase game, in my opinion, and it shouldn't. It should not be forgotten. Okay, they also Boise State was also, a showcase exactly, game. They beat Flor- uh, Boise State on a Friday night on ESPN. So, yeah, they lost the last two, and it's disappointing. But think about the entire season. They have they have done some good things. So for me, it's no deal, and especially no deal because they have another showcase game guaranteed in. 
the craft, or sorry, the Fight Hunger Bowl in San Francisco on December 27th. There's still another opportunity for BYU to get a quality win to close out the season and create positive momentum. So for me, no deal because they have an opportunity in the future. To me, it's a big deal. You were hoping to at least split with that, if not get both. At Wisconsin, at Notre Dame, those are tough games. But to, to lose both of those, I think that's a big deal. You wanted to at least get one. All right, I'll give you that. that I'll, give, I'll give you that. That would have given you possibility of double-digit wins. That would have added another great win to all that. Yeah, turkey gobble, whatever that means. <laughs> That's an in-your-face, Spencer, right? Is it? <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. <laughs> Let's go number three. BYU hoops, three-point inconsistency. For me, this is a huge deal. Uh, BYU's basketball team under Dave Rose, has been known for their ability to shoot the long ball. They live and die by the three because they get up and down the court, and their transition game, if it doesn't create layups, it creates the inside-out game, and so they're going to fire up a ton of three-pointers. You go five for 35 before you go to Kansas City, and then you have the 10 for 12 outstanding performance a against Texas. A single-game record for a percentage. And then go right back to five for 20 against Wichita State. If you can make that... let. Give me, give me forty percent. Give me forty percent across all four of those games, and I would feel better. So that's a big deal for me. I want some consistency. Uh, consistency being the key word there. Well, they're being consistent by being inconsistent, right? So, <laughs> so you want good consistency. Yes. At least the refs are consistently bad. You know, you you want it to be good. So BYU, yeah, inconsistency. This is a big deal. When you go into these games with Wichita State, uh. And they're they're a better team than BYU. You're going to have to do something that offsets that. And what does the three point shot do? It it's an extra point for a field goal that's just a little bit longer. So if you can make a couple more of those, you can't go five for twenty. You've got to go eight for twenty. Three more makes, nine more points. That changes the context of the game earlier in the game. Cougars were five for ten from the three point line at halftime. They were zero for that's ten tremendous. in the second half. That's terrible. They go from fifty percent to twenty five percent and a half. Yeah, yikes. And the shots will fall. I said it before, I'll say it again. These shots will fall. Last one. Here we go. Wearing racquetball goggles on a basketball court. (laughs) (laughs) At Mika's Goggles. Yes, if you're not following Eric Mika's Goggles, at Mika's Goggles is the account to follow on Twitter. Um, uh, Here's my question. Why... Why why doesn't Nike produce like some sweet goggle option for basketball players? What where's that? Where's that for Eric Mika? I bet they have it. I I'm just wondering we we got to get the story here. Why Eric Mika had to go and buy some I don't know if he bought them or the team bought them at a sporting goods store or something where he bought two pairs and Matt Carlino's like, "Hey Luke Worthington, where are the other pair?" But yeah, <laughs> they look like racquetball goggles. I wish you had gone Rambus or you know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that would have been fun. Over the top. Uh, by the way, at me, uh, Mika's Goggles tweeted the following in reference to Mika's one rebound last night. We love Eric Mika. Just want to preface that here. Sorry about my performance last night. The anti-fog didn't work, so we couldn't get those boards. Don't fire me. <laughs> it's the racquetball factor. Get him some... Ba- are, are there basketball goggles anywhere? Like My qual- dad's got a pair from 1989 that he could lend. Qualified basketball. Oh, goodness. Hey, very quickly again, uh, BYU-Utah State football. We just announced a few minutes ago on BYU Sports Nation. They extend the football series through 2018. More details on that when we come back. Also, the Cougar Whip Around. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. There's only one thing to say. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Women's Basketball. BYU's off to its first 5-0 start since 2002 after a 7-point win against Washington State last night. Lexi Eaton scored a career-high 27 points while Jennifer Hampson had 20 points, 18 in the second half, and 8 rebounds. She's 6'7". The Cougars host Arizona Saturday at 4 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Women's Volleyball. The West Coast Conference Awards are out for all to see. Whitney Young, the freshman of the year and on the West Coast Conference All-Freshman Team. Alexa Gray and Catherine Le Cheminol are all West Coast Conference first team. Tamber Haddock, Sierra Parker, honorable mentions. The NCAA Tournament Selection Show, Sunday. Selection Sunday, 9.30 Eastern on ESPNU. Is that really how you say it? Le Cheminol? Le Cheminol. Okay. Uh, tomorrow's show is the best of show for Thanksgiving. Uh, same time, same place. 
Uh, it'll feature interviews with Steve Young, Lee Johnson, and John Beck. Don't miss it. Tomorrow, 12 Eastern on BYU Radio. BYU and Utah State football announcing a two-game extension to their series. It will go 2017 and 2018 now. The first game will be played at Utah State on September 29th, 2017, and at BYU on October 5th, 2018. You heard it here first on BYU Sports Nation. And to quote Tom Homo, he said, I appreciate the working relationship I have with Scott Barnes at Utah State. Scott has done an outstanding job at USU, and it is great to work with him. We value the longstanding in-state rivalry with Utah State and look forward to these future games. Oh, by the way, BYU leads the overall series, 46 wins to 34 losses and three ties. Let's hand out uh, our rise and shout. I'm going to go Tom Homo. He's the other TH. Nice. He's the other TH that we forgot uh, on Tuesday, uh, yesterday, in talking about the THs versus Texas, right? Tom Homo is the man lining these up. So Tom Homo gets today's rise and shout. And remember, we... Listen... We, had, we tweeted out a picture, thanks to our uh, student assistant, Alan Miller, of Taysom Hill and Tyler Hawes ri- riding Bevo, and somebody said, hey, you forgot Tom Homo, so let's get Tom Homo riding Bevo around with BYU's domination over Texas. <laughs> <laughs> the final poll results, uh, what's the best part of Thanksgiving? The winner is food at 45%, right behind it, family. Of all the places on planet Earth, I thought that family would win this poll. Isn't it about <laughs> time? And then football was 15%. Uh, we go to Twitter very quickly. Uh, just some uh, some fun tweets I saw coming in. Uh, we go to at Justin Crowder. He says, I'm grateful for BYU Sports Nation because now I'm able to get my BYU fix here in California on my phone. Great yeah, job, Justin. guys. Thanks, Justin. Justin, and if you're near Manhattan Beach... Tweet at D underscore Nixon, and you could have him at your turkey bowl. Who doesn't want David Nixon in their turkey bowl? If you missed it, former BYU linebacker, current BYU TV football and basketball analyst David Nixon said he needs to find a turkey bowl. He's in Manhattan Beach, California, and all you need to do is tweet at D underscore Nixon. I want to know where he's going to play. I want to see a picture or something that we can show on Friday on BYU Sports Nation. David Nixon. We're here for you, my friend. Big thanks to him, one of our guests today, and uh, everyone on our crew for that matter. We yeah. also would like to thank a number of people, Jerem. Yeah, producer Ben Bagley. A nice setup. I- I'll spike it. Senior coordinating <laughs> producer Michael Miner. Station manager Don Chaline. Production assistant Alan Miller. I'm not reading this at all. Spencer King and Dave Neely. Also Kyra- Kyle Island helped today. And our uh, engineer Aaron Evans. Yeah. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page for show links. Much, much more. Like and comment. All you like. You can also listen to episodes of the show on demand at the newly launched BYURadio.org. And don't forget, have a happy and very safe Thanksgiving. (laughs) We are grateful for all of you across BYU Sports Nation, our loyal listeners. Throw the pigskin a quarter mile. Throw it a mile, brother. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton, and you have just listened to BYU Sports Nation. Class dismissed.